Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Just before we dive into this week's conversation, I wanted to let you know that I'm always happy to talk through a challenge you're facing at work. Perhaps you're not sure what to do, or you just want a sounding board for your ideas. Why not book in a free 30-minute call using the Calendly link in the show notes, and we can have a chat. I'm always happy to help. Today, we're going to explore what it means to follow your passion. My guest is a true inspiration. After 32 years of working in a multinational company, she gave it all up to follow her dream of becoming a coach and mentor. Nowadays, she works with businesses, empowering their people to grow and develop. She specializes in growth management with young adults and teenagers, helping them work through their anxieties fears, and internal roadblocks. I cannot wait to uncover how her approach and perspective can help our own leadership journey. Please welcome to the show the totally fabulous Wheeler Kurt. Hi, Wheeler. Hi, hi, how are you, Mel? Thank you. I am really well. How are you? I'm very well as well. Thank you so much. And I'm so appreciative of you doing this recording the morning after your birthday. <laughs> That's true. That was yesterday, 14th of May, you know, the Mother's Day for Europe, but not for UK. I know it's different. Uh, but for me, it's Mother's Day as well as my birthday. Really great. What a perfect way to have a weekend. So let's dive in. I'm really interested to understand how having worked for a company for 32 years, for most people, that would be, right, I'm seeing out my retirement. I know where I'm going. That's it. I'm just going to sort of stay in my comfort zone. What made you shift and leave that sort of, I guess, safety net? Well, thank you so much. Well, honestly, you know, I was not ever thinking about it, but you hear the alarm bells in the company because it's going through a transition, a transformation. There were a lot of you know acquisitions happening, etc. Basically, they made me redundant, actually. But I started my journey or my thought process about creating my own company about two years before even the redundancy. Because you sense, yeah, let's have the B plan. You never know, you know, you've got that knowledge and wisdom. And I had that feeling that I can share lots of my wisdom with people outside a company, with multinational other people, because I love humans. And let's face it, in the company, I was always seen as a mentor to go to, the person to ask for advice, the person to ask questions, the person to to get inspiration. And I think as well, my behavior in the company leading so many other stuff, like not only my job, but aside my job, creating the diversity inclusion stream in Thomson Reuters, Geneva, 
then being part of the global steering committee, then also organizing events, having fun, filtered, getting into the day-to-day -day work was my kind of true self. And I thought, you know what, this is the opportunity now. I'm not going to work for any company anymore. It's me who's going to help others, firms, businesses, individuals to grow and fulfill their own dreams. And you did that. I'm taking that, that from those timings that happened during lockdown. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. Before the pandemic, uh, I was made redundant and I thought, you know, what? I'm going to take that chance now to really learn, learn coaching because I want to have a diploma. And, you know, in, in Switzerland, you need to have diplomas. You need to have certificates, diplomas to showcase that you're credit worthy, that you're truthful, that you know what you're talking about. So I did really study, did all my accreditations and everything, added more stuff to it because only coaching is not enough. So you need to have all your eyes, ears open. You need to learn. I call myself a continuous learner because as we go along, only one type or size or manner, modality of learning or coaching is not enough. So I added lots of like NLP. I added mental aid uh, kind of because people are dealing with mental issues a lot as well. Roadblockers are coming from your misbeliefs. But I added as well now at the moment music. Also our senses, our aromas, right? So how to smell, what does it trigger in your brain? The music that you hear, do you want to spark more creativity? But also not individual, but for big companies, well-being is now number one on their agenda or part of number one top priorities. So I have collaborated again with other you know, with another partner who has created a wonderful scan for employees and organizations to find out what is the well-being of the people, of your employees in the company. Where are they? Are they on the high level of trust and engagement or are they numbing out? If they're numbing out, what to do? So I'm always looking for ways to improve the work environment, and also yourself, your true self, your alignment with yourself, basically. And I'm really passionate about that. And it's all about having been curious. This is what led me as well with my career in Thomson Reuters, Reuters, honestly, and being open for new things and also being open for feet forward. Oh, there's so much there. Where to start? Where to start? Where to start? <laughs> yes. So I'm interested because it's a term I use as well. Why use the term feed forward rather than feedback? Because I think this is data. When we ask, I know people are critical, right? People don't want to ask for feedback. Why? Because they are afraid that they're criticized. However, this is a wonderful data, I think, that you can take for yourself, which is for free, to improve yourself. So me, for me, it's a step forward. If you would tell me, Hallelujah, you know what? You speak too fast. I say, hmm, okay. So that means... People don't understand, but I want them to understand. So that's a data for me to use for next time so that I can improve. And that's why I tell it feed forward. Okay. I love that. I love that. So you're getting data to move forward. Yeah. I love that. And it, it's a, a slight shift, but actually it's really, it does make a difference. 
yeah, how you see it. It's again, it's again how you do your perspective to things, right? If someone says something, I'm like first assessing, thinking, and then responding. If I'm really heavy on passion or on emotion, sometimes I immediately jump in as well. We are not perfect, right? And then I catch myself and say, hey, hey, one moment. So this person has got a different perspective. Let's listen. Listen. And that's, again, data for me. Everything is data, you know? And you think, hmm, different perspective, different view. Hmm, could it be? Maybe not, you know? So and I really love that kind of perspective, to change the perspective towards the situation. Because as you know, Mel, the situation does not change. The situation is the situation. How you see that situation makes a difference. It absolutely does. And that takes me to something else you said there, which is about myths, beliefs, because you say that you specialize in helping young adults and teenagers sort of deal with their fears, their anxieties, but also work through their roadblocks and their misbeliefs. And the work that we do, we know that we we never quite sort them out. So tell me a little bit about your approach in terms of dealing with people's misbeliefs, roadblocks. I love that idea of a roadblock. Yeah, roadblocks, right? So it's uh, something and we can't get over it. And something is hindering you, something. And you don't know all the time. And if you do coaching and if you do mentoring, what is important to dive a bit into, into the past? You know, when was the first time you have experienced that emotion? When was the first time when you have heard a certain phrase which really got deep into your heart, which impacted you in a, in, a, in a bad way, right? In a bad way. Where have you been? Who were around you? Uh, was it nice, etc. So get the first situation out and then we analyze it a bit. Again, if this person is not ready to really overcome it, we just analyze it and we leave it there because you can't change emotions immediately. But we would work every time when we talk about a little, little step that they could do to maybe overcome or be on the process to overcome that misbeliefs or face that fear, you know? And the fear is maybe contacting someone that you don't know. I'm just making this up, right? So someone who's introvert but needs to get networking. We cannot immediately change the mindset. It's all about behavioral change means repetition, repetition, repetition. And you do it once and then you see what's the outcome. You see, oh, Nothing went wrong. Okay, no one died either, thanks God. And so, okay, maybe I can try another one. Okay, we try another little snippet. And then when we see it goes a bit better, you get into the habit and the habit changes. But this is how it changes. So it's a slow process. It's not something that we can change. We don't have a magic wand. And it really depends on the personality as well. And sometimes it's not the time. That's fine as well. But work towards it, whatever it is. That's what I'm saying. A little, little step. Doesn't matter. Maybe you're too perfectionist. Once you say, you know what? I'm not going to fix X, Y, Z today. Good. That means you are going into be not so perfect. That's fine. 
or you don't read your emails 10 times, you only read it two times. That's already an improvement. So everything is an improvement. And that's how we shall see it as well to change and overcome roadblocks. Great. So little steps, little steps. And, and that understanding that change doesn't happen overnight. No, no. And you know better as well. <laughs> so in everything that you've done, in your career in, in Reuters and now what you're doing now. What does leadership mean to you? Oh, what does leadership mean to me? Well, you need to be an inspiration. Yeah, you need to give energy and motivation to people towards a specific goal, whatever that goal is, that could be creating the diversity inclusion stream at your company. You need to give the vision. You need to give the mission, the why. But at the same time, what you need to be, you need to be really energizing, giving that motivation to people, giving that trust to the people. You need to be authentic. Also show your vulnerability. That means if something goes wrong, it goes wrong, and you communicate that authentically and truthfully so everyone knows. This is what happened, team. It's not the ideal situation. Now, what can we do? And have them always incorporated in your decisions. Listen, hear, provide as well again feed forward, and create a trust environment, a safe environment where everyone is included. Is included meaning if you have in your team an introvert, ask this person to give their opinion as well during a team meeting. And then stop the others who are more extrovert to say, hey, we're going to listen now to John. Yeah. We're going to listen now to Sarah. Yeah, so one moment. So being an inclusive leader, having that vision and mission, be the guide. You are the guide, actually, you know. And your SMEs are working towards that goal. And if this goal is clear, this goal makes sense and has an impact on either the community or on the people we serve with our products, with our services, you need to be clear with that. And what are the consequences if we don't do this, you know, so that people understand, oh, so I've got an impact on this process because let's face it, if you're in a big company, you feel like a number. You feel, you know what, it's not my values. It's not my thing. What the heck? You know, I come in the office, I do what I need and then I dash off, right? There's no engagement. So as a leader, you need to spark engagement. And to do that, is really profound work. That means, how is your team ticking? Who's strong? Who has got different strength? Play to the strength. Create a wonderful you know, team where everyone is collaborating with each other, communicating. You don't need to be best buddies, let's face it. I mean, it's like a family. Sometimes we, we like our auntie better than the uncle, right? That's okay. But again, we are every day here where we are working towards a goal which has an impact on X, Y, Z. With your strength, you're contributing to the success and to the goal, but also to your well-being because I want you to feel good and give them flexibility, give them trust. And that's what a leader is for me. Okay. So I'm taking from that, there is a very clear goal. There's a very clear outcome. But actually, the process to get there is about engagement, motivation, inclusivity. And you've mentioned this a couple of times, actually, about being able to listen. And I wonder if 
when you are coaching and, and mentoring people, because I think we all think that we listen, but so often actually all we're doing is listening to respond, not listening to understand. So do you have any techniques that you you use or you help people with to develop that really, really important skill that we don't really focus on too much? <laughs> that's a very good point, Mel. And that's what a leader needs to have, listening. And I call it on 360 degree listening. And how does this work? You forget about yourself. You put all your thoughts aside. You put your brain out of your head, put it aside. You don't know anything. First approach, you don't know anything. Leave it aside and really with your mind, body, and soul, you only feel the other person. What are they saying? And you also listen to the words which are not said. You know, the eye contact, the body language, the tone, the voice. What's important for them? What are they so passionate about or frustrated about? And you only ask questions to know for their own benefit, not even for your benefit, so that they understand as well. But for you, only open questions and not jumping into assumptions, being non-judgmental. And that requires, again, lots of practice. You can't do this overnight. However, being a coach and, you know, having this practice all the time, I'm listening with my body, mind, and soul. And I show empathy. Building that rapport and empathy with your employees is important for you as a leader to understand. Little caveat there, of course, we have an organization, we work for a big company, showing always empathy does not work, but you need to have a good balance yeah, between empathy, rapport, but also the pushing the other person towards the goal you want them to achieve. We can't have always lots of empathy at some point. So the balance is important. But once you know and you listen, you know what's going on. So you can guide with your mentoring and your open questions, the employee or your member, partner, whatever, and it works in any kind of relationship towards what you think it should be or actually them, which is much better, them to find out their own process. Because well, that's the leader who can say, okay, I hear you saying X, Y, Z. So how do you think we could overcome that? Give them the situation give them the problem solving they know better than you do sometimes you know and they're thinking oh maybe we can do this hmm interesting what else could there be hmm tell me more interesting hmm I had a different opinion on that what do you think about that you know had this conversation which is sparking the brain to work and get them their own solutions towards any situation that they're facing. So that's what I'm saying as listening, really, and combining with open questions. That phrase, listen with your mind, body, and soul, will stick with me. For me, when you say that, it conjures that, that idea of being 
fully present, but with no attachment to the outcome of the conversation. And that is such a powerful approach, I think, and and actually really does generate that idea that actually you are having a genuine conversation, a genuine discussion, and that approach will create more, which is what you talked about, more honesty, trust, and therefore engagement. And I love that each time you talk, you bring it back to a goal, an action, an outcome. (laughs) Brilliant. Totally brilliant. Thank Thank you. So in your own journey and your and the career that you've had to date, when have you had to dive deep and what impact did that have? Mm, well, during the career, you need to dive deep many times, right? So it's not so easy. And if we say dive deep, it could be perseverance, determination, yeah, for a long time, because nothing happens like overnight, again, as we said. And you need to really, and that's what I say always, determination is key to success, right? And sometimes you really need to take a duration for becoming or diving deep into any topic that you don't even like to do. And sometimes I did that. I started as a sales secretary. And I didn't like to do filing, for example. And, you know, in the old times, I'm a dinosaur, right? It was paper. Mal, it was paper. You had to file literally papers and files, right? In folders. Oh, my goodness. And there was a huge stack of papers all the time, invoices and this and that. And I hated that. But I had to deep dive into knowing how to do that. And I did lots of mistakes, but then I learned. And then I did that automatically for a long time as well, which I didn't like, but that was my deep dive, first deep dive to advance in my career. Because as long as you persevere and you are actually determined to succeed, people see that. And then they add other responsibilities on you. And what else? Deep dive, specifically as I jumped over from, well, I started my career in Istanbul, Turkey. I'm Turkish origin and headquarters in Geneva called me in. So I arrived here in Geneva, not knowing the team at all, not knowing what are the dynamics and the culture in Geneva. Okay, it's it's Reuters, it's Thomson Reuters, great. But still, there is a different culture, completely multinational. And I had to deep dive into the culture. I had to deep dive into the culture shock as well, being in Geneva and Switzerland, because Turkey is different. Switzerland is different. And that was a bit of a sometimes painful process because it's absolutely different how people behave, how nice and kind but reserved at the same time they are. Although in Middle East, in Turkey, for example, in Turkey, we are like, oh, yeah, we immediately best buddies. We help each other out. We are each other's coaches immediately, you name it. Here, everything is different. So that was a bit of an understanding of the culture here and accepting it, accepting it as is. You can't change it. So what you do, you accept. And that's a deep dive. Specifically for my husband, it was a huge deep dive 
Yeah? Because he was the one who took a leap behind and staying at home. And for him, it was like, oh, my God, you know, how are we going to survive here? But you do. And you deep dive. You learn. You learn how to respond. You learn how to wait in the queue. You learn how to obey the rules. Because Switzerland is very much rule-oriented and based and very organized. Uh, the trains are spot on. So I really love that. You know, if the train is said to come at 9.58, it arrives 9.58. That's it. You know, not 59.58. So interesting culture shock. So that was a huge deep dive with all the family and myself proving myself in Geneva, in Reuters and Thomson Reuters, because I'm coming from outside. And suddenly people are like, okay, so what does she know? You know, oh my God, you know. We'll see. Uh, and you had to deep dive. You had to prove that you are capable, that you can lead a team, that you can take responsibilities. And that requires lots of effort and energy. At the start of this podcast, you said that you wanted to share your wisdom. And I'm so glad that you agreed to come on to this podcast, because, again, two things that I pick up from that is that that for you diving deep, is going into those things that are not comfortable and and sticking with it. And that's absolutely my experience, you know, whether that's about ourselves or a skill that we need to learn, whatever. But also that idea that acceptance is a dive deep. And acceptance takes us to that place where we are no longer attached. And that can be a huge process. And you see that so much in a work environment, I think, where where people do hold on to things and it becomes very personal. But actually, if we can get to that place of acceptance and deep dive to there to really be accepting of it, you know, mind, body and soul again, then that enables us to, to move forward. So brilliant examples, brilliant examples. I can't wait for your answer to this question then. <laughs> so let's see what's what's next. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's coming. When have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree? <laughs> I like that. This is a wonderful, you know, wonderful, how shall I say, title that you gave. How, how, when I did I feel like fish climbing the tree? You know, I mean, life is interesting. During the work as well, during work as well, I, I wanted to be desperately part of a big transformation program. Yeah, big transformation program. Oh my God. And I thought there's a lot of potential for me. However, my manager didn't want me to do that. He said, No, you're already on different projects. It's fine. We've got already the team formed. Why would you do that? Da, 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 da. I said, Okay, fine. Fair enough. But I can be as a volunteer because I'm sure that you're going to need people who are experienced in all these cultures, the, the countries that are managing, etc. They said, okay, so be a volunteer in this project team. It's expanding, it's global, it's a transformation of our billing system, yeah, to a different billing system. And it impacts internal and external customers. So everyone across the board. So I started as a volunteer. I helped out in some stuff which I didn't like as well you know it's like ugh, no way I, I really felt at that time like a fish to climb the tree oh my god what is this I mean why do I do this by the way are you massages to yourself you know why but I kept on going you know trying slowly slowly and then they called me into a testing phase to US so I was there for one month with the team 
No idea whatsoever. Honestly, I'm not an SME on order processing, but I started to learn even there. I felt again like a fish climbing the tree, learning myself. And during that process, what happened? A job, a title, a position came up in the transformation program, which was leading the global customer experience of this whole implementation. And I said, you know what? Thanks God. I did that kind of hard way of sticking around, feeling like a fish climbing the tree. And now it has got its results because at the end, you are reaching the fruits to eat them, which are very delicious. Brilliant. Brilliant. So keep climbing that tree and eventually you'll get to where you want to be. Yes. yes. And it's hard. Huh? I mean, you do just one jump and then you're stuck and you say, OK, what's the next jump now again? Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Do another jump. You know, like I'm just visualizing the fish really climbing the tree at the moment. <laughs> Love it. So your journey or your more recent journey has come out of redundancy. And I just wonder because for so many people and you know the global economic climate and this is a a challenge that many many people are are facing and I've been through it and I can honestly say that it is one of the most difficult things to transition from and I'm guessing that even with your your sort of mentally checking out and knowing where you wanted to go actually having that and going through that process after 32 years. I'm just wondering, how did you cope with that? Because I think that might be really interesting for people to understand. How did you deal with that? Well, I mean, you know, for me, it was like one chapter closes and another chapter opens. I accepted that and I knew it because they informed us well in advance. So it was not something new. And you know what? I really took it with grace. I was grateful for all the years that I worked within this company. I was grateful for all the opportunities and the growth that this company gave me, the trust, the friends, the families. We still see each other. It's absolutely amazing. A huge family, which was sticking together, had fun, but also worked hard. I was grateful for this wonderful experience that I had with this company for so many years with all the benefits. And when I say benefits, it's not only money. It's also emotional benefits that it gave us, you know, other benefits it gave us. So I was grateful and I didn't feel bad or something. I didn't feel like they throw us out of the window and we are just a number. Yes, absolutely. We are a number because they're looking at the people. They're looking at the costs, et cetera. That's fine. However, we have been as well treated with humanity. We have been treated fairly. So I was not complaining. I said, okay, that's it. Now we look ahead. I'm always someone who looks forward, actually. What happened, happened, and we had a great time. It's over. Fine. Can you change it? No. Okay. So let's look forward. And I think that ties in with what you said earlier, which is that we can't often change the situations but what we can do is change our response to it and when we get to acceptance recognizing that there's a process and for you it sounds like that you were you were very pragmatic and you were able to make that shift quite quickly but for some people that it it might not and what I would say is for most people that I know that they say when they're going through it it can feel like absolute hell 
But the majority go, in the end, I'm so glad that that happened because it is those situations, isn't it, that we go, ah, yeah. that actually we get the le- greatest learning and the greatest opportunities to then carve out something that is even better and more fulfilling exactly as you are doing exactly i mean there's always a saying one door closes the other one opens from anything which is bad something new and fresh comes out it's a change curve people are different people are unique some people take it more personal they're emotionally more fragile maybe or they really take like they have anger you know it's a change curve right for everyone's different and we need to go through this but if you know that okay i'm going through this now I'm angry. That's good. Be angry. That's fine. Get the emotions out. Don't put them in. Be angry. Shout whatever. Write it down. Whatever you want to do to have it oof, out. And then say, okay, good. So what's next? Yeah, because that's it. That's it. Life is not always the same. It's a journey. And so for people that want to get in touch with you, want to learn more, want to learn more about how you can help them, how you can motivate them and empower them to grow and develop. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, thanks, Mel. I'm on all social media, so LinkedIn. They can also check out my website, which is www.inkick.com. So in like I-N-N-K-I-C-K.com. So I'm like kicking you to innovate yourself. That's why this came in. So I was like, okay. And then, of course, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'm even on TikTok where I do all these videos. Apparently, people are on there. So, yeah. So you can reach me out over any kind of social media. And you have a book. Yes, correct. What's it called? Break free from your hamster wheel. That's it. That's for the professional who feels stuck in the middle of their career and you don't know what's right, left and center. A guide really combining the mind, fears, you know, emotions, plus as well pragmatic approach about how to move forward. It's like a workbook, actually. So it's like a combination of a workbook and mind and my experience and some interviews I did. Fantastic. Well, I will make sure that all of those links go in the show notes. So it just leaves me to say a massive, massive thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. What final words of wisdom would you like to leave people with? I like to say life is like a dance. Sometimes it's really like a rock and roll. Sometimes it's a foxtrot, sometimes a slow dance. Sometimes we need to slow down. Sometimes we go two steps ahead, three steps back. That's normal. That's fine. That's part of life. And sometimes we just advance like crazy, you know, like like hip hop or rap, how you want to say it. So take life as a dance. Go with the flow. Sometimes we try and try and something doesn't work. Leave it. It's fine. Take it as a dance. Go with the flow and that will make life easier. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. 
Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can do leadership in a world of can't.